0: Welcome to This Week in Local, a Locology podcast featuring lively conversations about the local digital ecosystem hosted by Locology analysts, Mike Bolin and Charles Laughlin.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Week in Local. I have as my guest today, Andrew Shatlin, CEO of Local SEO Guide. Andrew, how are you?
0: I'm quite well, Charlie. How about yourself? That's a very deep voice there, Andrew.
1: (laughs) Okay, we're gonna do a quick round on okay. ai so quickly local seo guide sort of self-explanatory uh company name this is going to be ai and seo focus so qu- first question the question on everyone's mind is ai chat gbt whatever version of that you want to talk about a, a real existential threat to google
0: uh the answer is no um uh it's an existential threat to parts of google that I would argue, are already under existential threat. So uh, what I mean by that is Google uh, killed traffic to a bunch of websites that were supplying content that was basically um, questions easy to answer. Meaning, um, what time is it, <laughs> or what time is it in Singapore? That kind of stuff, or what's the weather like in, uh, you know, Kentucky? And so, several years ago, Google started serving up those kinds of answers as instant answers, and traffic to websites that got a lot of traffic for those kind of queries died. Uh, Apple is coincidentally has done kind of the same thing to Google in that um, a lot of the kind of juiciest searches. Uh, Apple has kind of taken for its own. So like if you use an iPhone and you do a local search, you're going to get Apple maps question uh, uh, locations or results. If you um, do a music search, you might get Apple music search, that kind of stuff. And so, so chat GPT and other similar AI tools like that are making it so that I no longer have to go to a search engine to get the answer. So as an example, we um if you if you've ever there are certain excel formulas i use over and over again and sometimes i forget them and i go to google and i type how to how to do this stupid excel thing and i get a website that gives me the answer i almost never have to do that again because chat gpt is really great at uh basically telling me how to do some obscure excel formula uh We use an SEO, we use something called regular expressions. If you're a coder, you would call it regex or regex. And now I can just go to chat GPT and ask for a regular expression that does all sorts of crazy things. And it really works well. Whereas I used to spend maybe 30 minutes looking on Stack Overflow, uh, trying to find out if someone... Uh, figured that out. And I'd get Stack Overflow by searching Google. So a lot of those searches, I think, are going away. That, of course, depends upon how much it actually costs to use ch- things like ChatGBT, which we don't know um, what that's going to be. Uh, so if it's free, that's going to hurt all those queries in Google. Uh, if it's uh, pay-per-play, then uh, I don't think Google has a lot to worry about even for those kind of queries because most of us are cheapskates.
1: Do you think Google has played this right to this point? I mean, because that that question is out there and there was some reporting about you know, there was an all hands meeting at Google, for example, where code red. Yeah. And there's like supposedly like this, yeah code red. Supposedly a, a team has been assembled, you know, but from your perch. Do you think Google is handling this properly?
0: I'm sorry. I just keep thinking of that scene from a few good men with um, Google. The Google CEO damn right. I ordered that code red. Um, so <laughs> uh, I I guess so. Yeah. Like, I don't think overnight chat GPT is going to basically become the default thing and everyone's going to abandon Google. I don't think that that's going to happen. And I would imagine, you know, if Google's to be believed, I imagine they have similar functionality available and the challenge they have is where do the ads show up? Right. And uh, so, I think if I were Google, I might, I might introduce if they in fact have it, I might introduce it in very low value queries, like kind of the queries I was talking about, where it's I just need an Excel formula and that kind of thing. I can mm. I can go there. And I think people still are gonna want a selection of results for a lot of queries because this AI stuff is not gonna get it right. As you can see from ChatGP, it's a very clever idiot, right? <laughs> it um it, it 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 has the appearance of really good stuff, but right. when you read it deeper, you're like, "This is maybe this makes sense." I don't know, right? So it it gets a lot of stuff wrong.
1: Well, this morning I was just looking at. Uh, I guess it's CNET has been using uh, not ChatGPT specifically, I don't think, but AI to generate. It sort of wrote uh, article, and the more sort of standard articles on its platform. Right. And then apparently it has, the SEO it, crap is what you're talking about. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right. And apparently it's now being told most of those articles are riddled with errors. And uh I think now that could be read as AI doesn't work. I read, read that as AI is still in its early days. Um,
0: well, Is that our, our something ideas- like that surprise you. How do you react to that? And how does that No, In fact, um, AI has been an amazing business model for local SEO guide. We got hired last year by a, a pretty big company that had done something similar to CNET and had thousands of pages that were crap and they needed someone to rewrite them and they hired us to do it. So we love AI. Uh, uh, the, um, the, I think the the way we're approaching AI, and the way I'm assuming most like smart companies are doing it, is you can use it as a starting point, and then you need to have like an editing process, uh, and so you need to figure out first the whole art to AIs and prompts, like what to ask the AI to get the output you want, um, and then then you've got to have a good editing process because you have to check it. And so it it's still the jury's kind of still out about how much you can save uh just using AI versus human writers and things like that.
1: That sounds just like hiring very young writers.
0: You know exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Or very old writers who, you know, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Granted,
1: whose stuff is riddled with typos. Yeah. Um fair enough. Fair enough. But again, that's that that you're you're automating step one. That's what you just described to me you're automating step one. Step two still involves human skill, human. Actually
0: you're automating step two. Step one is the prompts. Okay. Okay. I can't underscore enough. Like that's a whole art into itself Mm -hmm. prompting. So let me, I'll give you an example. We're running a test right now with a multi location brand where we want to rewrite, let's say a thousand location pages for them because they have the same It's the same template copy for everyone, insert location here. And we're like, I wonder if we make these unique, you know, it should yield something better out of Google. And typically we see when you make content unique, it tends to outperform. So we have spent a fair amount of time thinking about what are the right prompts to get the kind of data that we want in these articles. And we're going to take the templated article that's already there. And instead of rewriting it completely, we're going to add on to it. So now our editors just have to look at maybe a paragraph or two in over a thousand pages versus a whole article, right? And so we think that uh, this technique, this this machine plus human, um, what we're calling Terminator Two, very <laughs> successful combination. Um, uh, uh, we think that's the way to use AI, yeah. at least for for content generation. So that um, this is what you are doing, correct? Yeah, yeah,
1: and. Yeah. Has it saved you? Will it save you headcount? Ultimately, do you think?
0: Uh, Like I said, the jury is out. I think it's so the way our model works is we have um, we have an editorial staff that are full time heads. And then we have we outsource all the writing to freelancers we've worked with. And so what I think it's going to do is shift our resources to editing versus writing for the most part. Uh, when we're using this technique, we still use writers for a lot of things because, like, we have a client that sells industrial lasers, and you know, I don't think uh, we're going to get uh, AI to really write something nuanced about industrial lasers.
1: That sounds like the perfect application for AI is to write about industrial lasers. But it's
0: funny because I don't know anything about them, so I was like, yeah, we should just do it with a uh, with with ChatGPT because it'll be at least as good as I'll be. But thankfully, I'm not writing for them.
1: Okay, a little bit of a gear shift. Um, you've described a little bit about how it impacts Google, how it's changing your business a little bit. Um, sort of in the local SEO world, how do you think AI is going to change how companies have to approach SEO? Uh,
0: I think it's actually AI is not the um, is not the thing that's gonna create this dramatic change. I think it's machine learning, which I okay. for most people it's the same thing. Like, like conflated. Like, yeah. It's but really more um creating systems to um to basically get kind of instantaneous feedback on how things perform and then adjust things automatically based on that feedback. I think that's the real future of SEO. So there's there's some um there's some uh, techniques out there right now, like uh, there are a bunch of companies that will sell like a thing that will adjust, you know, the linking on your site by an algorithm. And that's kind of, kind of halfway there. Um So those are the kind of things that I think will affect not just local SEO, but all SEO. But I think in general, most of the, most of the noise and applications will be around content creation.
1: Okay. So what's your, uh- Correct me if I'm wrong, which is the the, the checklist for a local SEO isn't really going to change, but the methodology for which that checklist is executed might be automated to a certain degree by machine learning. Is that about well, it? Well,
0: no, I'm uh, sorry. I'm, I'm being obtuse. Um, Maybe not. So I, so I think the uh, in practice the main change to local SEO will probably be a massive increase in AI assisted content because the problem with local SEO is let's say you're an agency and you have, or or multi-location brand, you have a thousand locations. You you really can't afford to create custom content for each one, unless the, the, the ROI is amazing. Right. And um, uh, so I think, you're going to see a lot of agencies, a lot of in-house teams like experimenting with this scale content creation. Uh, But I think that's not where the innovation is going to be. I think the innovation is going to be in using these techniques to do this kind of automated feedback loop where you're actually getting a machine to update the content without you even interfering. Right. That's the, that's the sweet spot. So imagine this, uh, and tell me if I'm getting too much in the weeds, like we see, um, a page used to rank number one for a keyword in Google, let's just say um, podcasting. And then it goes down to number three. Now we have a machine scrape the content of number one and go figure out what the difference is between that content and content on your page and rewrite the page, right? Or or make recommendations to rewrite the page, something like that. Um, And I could see that kind of thing taking off.
1: Okay. So agencies, how, how should it, I mean, I'm an agency doing uh, multi-location marketing. So um, how, in your observation, how are
0: they, or how will they, or how should they be incorporating this into their? Well, I think, I think most agencies will just buy a tool off the shelf and use it. And because that's the easiest thing and most agencies probably won't have a development team to um, kind of iterate on their own version of it. Uh, So I think, I think these tools, whatever. So there's one called Jasper that's been marketing the crap out of themselves. That's a writing tool. Yeah. Um, My guess is those companies will see a huge amount of demand over the next year as people kick the tires on it. Like everyone's going to shift some budget to figure out like AI stuff. And uh, but if you have your own development team and and you have some interesting ideas, you can create some differentiated things. That's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to just We're we're not just trying to like copy what Jasper AI is doing. We're trying to come. Okay, we have clients with unique needs. We don't want a one size fits all thing. We want to really go after like these very niche things that we think we can do that another tool won't do. So like a location a location page thing is like a perfectly good example. Like it's just going to take a while to nail that, and a tool like Jasper is not going to nail that. Yeah, I I I know what you mean. I every
1: third. Instagram ad I see, I think is is for Jasper or some AI content creation. You
0: clicked on the wrong link one day. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I
1: must've. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just mocking me. I'm not sure which. Right. Probably a combination of the two. Okay. So kind of, you know, panning back a little bit, um, where do you see the disruptions happening most? Because that's, I mean, we love talking about disruption, right? So uh, where do you see, the, we've talked about content creation is going to change, but it's not going to go away, um, but it's going to change, right? Uh, where do you see other are there other places where you see disruptions in things that you're dealing with or things that you're observing,
0: if nothing? Else? Well, I do think the first disruption is to writers. Mm-hmm. Writers are going to become, have to shift what their skill set is. Like from purely writing to like kind of like I said like this prompt prompt creation and um kind of uh yeah almost shifting more to editing, right? Um, uh, so I think that's definitely a thing in our space. Um, as far as where the disruption is going to come, well, I here's what I think the disruption is, and I don't know whether this is AI or not. I think right now a lot of the data we get to do SEO is data overload. I'm sure in every marketing discipline, every discipline everywhere, you get too much information. And there's a lot of amazing tools that will give us all this data, but it's like, how do we figure out what to do with them? And so people like us have created processes for human beings to do stuff, take it out of SEM rush, let's say, and figure it out and apply it to a website. I think what you're going to see are, um, Companies that figure out how to string all these things together, so it's more like push a button and or enter a keyword and a website, and we do ninety percent of the work for you. That's the disruption, I think, that's going to happen.
1: Okay. And at the beginning, I think you made reference to a lot of this depends on, at least in terms of GIT, G, GPT, how much it costs. I think there's been some talk about them coming out with a paid version. Uh, I haven't really looked at that closely, but. Um, what do you think AB, OpenAI can do to really screw this up? <laughs> That's one way to, to,
0: to screw it up.
1: Yeah, no. to the opportunity that they have with this, and, and there's others that will come along if they don't fully optimize their opportunity. But um, well, I guess
0: I guess the um, huh? Where, my first thought is that if Google really has a, a great version of this and they just release it for free, like you know. That creates some challenges for open AI. Although I don't think, eh, maybe not, because like there's plenty of Google does plenty of things that there's plenty of business outside of working with Google on it. So um so I don't know how they screw it up. It seems like they've got a they're they're in a pretty amazing position right now. Um so uh my guess is if they don't they don't um they don't nail the use cases quick enough and someone else comes out with a much better way to do something. That's about the most lame generic thing I can think of.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, Andrew, that's fine. I mean, uh, I I thought it would be something to do with, you know, coming out with too expensive of a paid version, you know, sort of. But I don't think it'd be that that dumb.
0: Yeah. But, you know, like early adopters will pay a lot for it, right? If they think they'll get some advantage. And so maybe it might make sense for it to be expensive. It seems like they're trying to go after the entire planet with their, the way they opened it up, but- Mm -hmm. I don't know it feels
1: um, like everyone's trying to figure out how to employ it. and uh and there is every you know there's there's a lot of costs in, built embedded in their in the usage of it for them yeah
0: um, I, think, I think if I were them I would i I would I guess they want it to be the i I can't tell whether they want to be a consumer brand or you know, b2 b brand or if they want to be um like a platform that other people create applications on i I if I were them I think I'd I'd want to figure out what's the juiciest thing we can own and then give the app, op- the niche applications to everyone else. So I can create the open AI for medicine or something. Right. Cause I know so much about medicine. Right. And who knows? We'll see, I yes. guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. see is
1: always a good place to end these conversations. Right. So exactly.
0: And you're back with me in a year. Yeah, we'll Whatever.
1: see. Uh, all right, Andrew. Thanks a lot for coming on. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Thank you for having me as always, Charles. Okay. See you soon. Thank you. (laughs) See you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Locology's This Week in Local with Mike Boland and Charles Laughlin. Be sure to subscribe for more.